Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to the Sunday evening service here at Southwest. Good to see you guys with us on this last service of the year. Got a little activity afterwards with some pizza and some good fellowship. And we're excited about that tonight. But before that, we're going to have church. And uh, we need that mindset of what we just sang, wherever he leads, I'll go. My life, my heart, my all, I bring. And I hope every time you come to church, you come with that attitude. Every day you live, you live with that attitude. And, uh, but as we begin here tonight, we have a couple of announcements. Again, tonight, we have the celebration after the evening service. I want to invite everybody to stay for that. And uh, then next Sunday is Vision Sunday. We are thrilled uh, to be able to introduce the new theme to you. And uh, we got several things that we're looking forward to be able to reveal next week that go along with that for the year. And I'm excited about the theme and what um, the direction that it, that it continues to put us in, the mindset that I hope the church adopts. Um, as, as we adopt this new theme for 2024, which as you say those four numbers together, it's hard to believe, isn't it? 2024, but it's here, and we're excited to continue to make a difference with the Lord here in Midland. And then another thing to keep on the calendar is the last Saturday of the month, uh, January 27th. We have a youth rally right here at the church, and all of our congregations invited to come and be part of that. We're going to have a meal provided afterwards. If you want to help with that, we have, we have different things available, uh, diff different th needs that we'll have. Uh, you can definitely be a help with us um, on that day, okay? And that is enough announcements for tonight. Let's go ahead and have the ushers come down for the evening offering. And as we begin the offering here, I want to encourage uh, you to pray with me as we begin this service. Uh, we're going to look, as I told you this morning, out, out of Colossians chapter 3. And as we look to that, I, I want you right now to encourage you to pray uh, that God will uh, have you with a ready heart to receive the Bible tonight, to make any changes uh, necessary. Um, as we get to that in just a moment, let's pray together. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word, the privilege that it is to be in church tonight. Lord, I pray to be with uh, each and every person here. God, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, just help us to be here, Lord, with the right heart, right mindset as we approach, uh, God, what it is that you have for us tonight from your word. But God, as we're here, I pray that the next song we sing will be sung with a heart of praise. Lord, the, uh, every action that comes from us, Lord, the, the giving, Lord, just a moment, our singing, Lord, our listening, our uh, thinking on your word, God, that we'd be obedient to you. Lord, bless us tonight. Be with those that are away, those that are sick tonight. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Fifty-six, him three, five, six. Let's stand once more. God sent His Son. They called Him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. 
my Savior lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and joy he gives but greater still the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just me. Take a moment and shake someone's hand. and join us on that chorus. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life. 
Life is worth the living just because he lives. And then one day, I'll cross the river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then as death gives way to I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he lives because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is Sing that chorus a cappella one last time. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives now we're going to be in colossians chapter 3 colossians chapter 3 We are praying for a good year today we could somewhat call fresh start sunday we're looking to tomorrow as the start of a new year a new uh era, if you would, in, in each and every one of our lives, <clears throat> and as we look here, we're hoping for the best. I don't think anybody tonight is saying, I wish that next year is worse than last year. I don't think that anybody uh, is thinking that tonight, and I was reminded of a, a uh, Peanuts cartoon strip where uh, Lucy was grumbling to Charlie Brown about the awful year that she was having, and she said, I was expecting a good new year, but everything's just worse than it's ever been. There's a lot of problems in my life, difficulties everywhere I turn. And then she said this, I don't think it's a new year at all. I think we're stuck with a used year. And uh, there may be people uh, tonight that felt like you've had a used year. But now we have a new one coming tomorrow. And we'll pray for the best there. Uh, but we look here in Colossians chapter 3. I'm just going to read the first four verses of this chapter. We're going to deal with uh, the surrounding chapters of this tonight. Uh, but really, how to prepare for a new year. And where our hearts should be tonight. So the, uh, Colossians chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 1. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For, here's the reason, ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him, in glory. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege that it is, Lord, to be in church together tonight. God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, for these next few moments. Uh, God, as we just need to do a self-evaluation, God, I pray right now that all of us are ready to listen and, and hear what it is you have for us as we just dig through these four verses. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, open our hearts and minds to any changes that need to be made. Lord, any things that might need to be removed, any things that might need to be added, any things, Lord, that might just need to be remembered tonight. Lord, I pray that you bless us and uh, work in our hearts and lives. Just bless our, our fellowship here in just a bit. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
we all look forward often to a restart. And this morning I preached about a fresh start and how to properly handle that fresh start. But it's also a good time as we go into this new year, as we mentioned already several times today, for every Christian to take inventory of your walk with God. And I want to encourage every one of you to take a very close look at where you are and you're standing with God tonight, understanding, first of all, you're saved. But then look at your relationship with Him, look at your priorities, look at your fellowship that you have with God this year. Think of your good times, your bad times, the mistakes, the, 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 the victories in your life. Praise God for the victories, but also make a decision tonight to be ready to make changes where necessary. We need to make sure and examine our heart that right now we are doing what it is God wants us to do and, and deciding to move forward as God would have us to move forward. And this passage gives us the opportunity for just that. Uh, if you look, if you, as we, I was thinking about uh, my wife and I, we've been married, it'll be 15 years uh, in just about six months here. Uh, but in our life, we quickly realize that uh, we have two different personality types when it comes to our possessions. And uh, I'm a keeper, she's a purger. And uh, I told her after we got married there in Indiana, we were headed back to Oklahoma, but we had a pit stop in Missouri to get all of my belongings. And we get there, she's expecting me to bring back furniture and, and some valuable things. And what we had really was boxes of collectibles that I had my whole life. I like to keep things. Uh, and every year as, we, as our, we've, our family has grown and our kids uh, get more and more, at least once a year, my wife does somewhat of a purging with their toys, their clothes, all those different things, as many of you probably do the same. And as you replace things or get new things, in order to be able to have a spot to put the new stuff, you usually have to get rid of some things. And as many of us do, we go through our things and we find some things that need to be removed. We find some things that need to be kept. And then we also find some things or come across some things at times that bring us to a place of remembrance. And as we look at the text tonight, we see an application that we should be doing the exact same thing in our spiritual life. As we look with these verses in mind, I just want us to look tonight and study for a few minutes, how can I prepare for this new year? So the first thing I want us to look at tonight is there are things to keep. There are things every one of us need to be keeping tonight. We look here in verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on things of the earth. So Paul is telling us here that there is a couple of precious spiritual possessions that it would do well for every one of us to hang on to and to keep. And the first thing that we need to keep is a knowledge of your position in Christ. I want to encourage every one of you tonight to remember and to hold dear the, the, the knowledge that you have of who you are because of Jesus. Uh, we, we look here and he says, if you then be risen with Christ. We look at the first word of this chapter, that word if. And that's not a statement of a possibility for any of us tonight. It's a, it is a, a declaration of a spiritual reality. Paul is basically saying, since you are risen with Christ, since you are a child of God, since you have this position in Jesus, he's discussing a spiritual position here. And I, I'm thankful for our study in the book of Romans. We'll most likely be back at in just a couple weeks here. But when Jesus died on the cross, every person, as we've studied, every person that's ever put their faith in him also died that day. We are dead in him. And in a spiritual sense, we died to the penalty of the power of sin on every one of our lives when Jesus died on the cross. And because we're dead, we don't have to worry about the penalty of sin. Because the price for you has already been paid for. You've already died. In our, in our text, Paul reminds us, not only are we dead in Christ, but we are risen with Christ. And when he died, we died. When he rose, we rose. We looked at that just a few weeks ago in the book of Romans. 
But the one thing we need to keep tonight is the remembrance or the knowledge of our position in him that we are dead to those sins. We are risen to a new life in him. So we need to keep a knowledge of our position, but secondly tonight, keep the right focus. We, we briefly hit this this morning, but it says, seek those things which are above. Verse 2 says, set your affection on things above. So since we are a child of God, since we are risen with him, seek those things that are heavenly, not earthly. We spoke of it being that present tense imperative mood, continually be seeking those things. So you're here on a Sunday, you're seeking those things which are above. You're sitting under the preaching of the word of God, you are seeking those things which are above. But tomorrow, you're going to wake up, you're not going to be in church. There needs to be a decision in the life of every Christian that I'm going to seek those things which are above. I'm going to get in my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to have the right things being uh, brought in, the right things I'm listening to. I'm going to be seeking those things which are above. And not just seeking those things, he's going to set your affection on things above. We spoke this morning of the affection being also the mind, our thinking. So we need to focus our thoughts on heavenly things, not earthly things. I think if you're anything like me, there's a lot of earthly things that consume our mind from time to time. A lot of problems that come in our life, a lot of needs, a lot of things that need to be done, a lot of hustle that may need to be put into your job or whatever it may be. There's a lot of earthly things that we dwell on or that our mind is fixed on. But what he's telling us here is above any of those things, our mind must be fixed on the heavenly. Our mind must be fixed on those things which are spiritual, those things which are of God. The word of God is a good start for every one of us tonight. We need to have the mind of Christ and seeking to have the mind of Christ. To set our mind on the things of God and the things that bring glory to him. Uh, what are some things that we might find here in the book of Colossians that we probably could fix our mind on? Look at verse 10. How about a deeper knowledge of Jesus? And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. What about a clean holy life? You look through verse 5 through 9. We're going to hit that in just a little bit. But a clean holy life is one that doesn't have those things that are there. Uh, what about some godly virtues? Verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another if you have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave, so do ye. I think it's a good thing for us to be dwelling on tonight and a good place thing for us to be setting our mind on having and being part of our life. Have holiness in our social life. Verse 22, we see servants obeying all things. Continues on there down through chapter 4, verse 1. See, an effective prayer life, he says, continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving. What about being a fruitful witness? Look at verse 3. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So he's telling us we need to set our affection on things above. There's a lot of things that consume our time. There's a lot of things that consume our mind. And as, he's, as we set our things on those which are above, we have following those few verses many things we could be focused on. And there's some things as I, as I went over this that I want to make sure I have on a list in my own personal life and to, to be focused on each and every day. I'm thankful for the Sunday School series we just finished a couple weeks ago. And as we began that Sunday School series and the, basically a soul winning training that we went through, one of the main thoughts that has been on my mind almost daily is that every person you come in contact with is a soul that is either going to heaven or hell. Every single person. In understanding every single person you talk to, family, friends, co-workers, strangers you never met before, every single person is a soul that's headed to heaven or hell. You have a job to do as a Christian with the knowledge you have. We'd be good to set our affection on that. 
We are to live as Jesus lived. First John chapter 2 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. So there's a challenge here to live out our lives with a genuine spiritual value and way of thinking, not the values of the world. And as we give our attention to the spiritual or the heavenly, we are enabled to live a spiritual or heavenly God-honoring life in this wicked world we live in. So there needs to be this heavenly perspective governing our earthly walk. May that realization tonight make a difference in us. Those are some things to keep. There's many more we could go to tonight, but that, that's just a few things I want you to consider tonight on, on keeping as we do this evaluation of our life. But not only do we find things to keep, that we continue on in verse 2, there are things to remove. He says, set your affection on things above. He's told us where it needs to be, but then what does he say? He tells us where our affection shouldn't be. So set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. That's where the problem lies mostly with Christians. We desire heavenly things, but sometimes the desire for earthly things outweighs the desire for the heavenly. We we might find tonight, practically, that it's time to get rid of some things. You know, in our spiritual life, some things have to be let go. There are some things that have attached themselves to our personality or to our, our desire, to our way of living, our way of thinking that are just trash. That we, that we get from different avenues or different influences or different things that we may take in or listen to or watch, whatever it may be. Some things we may read. There are things that don't have a place in our life that need to be let go. We need to avoid getting caught up in the things of this world. And as we continue on to this chapter, some things that we know we shouldn't have are listed here for us. The first one, false doctrine. In, in chapter 2, verse 8, look what it says here. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Beware, lest any man spoil you. That means to carry someone off his captive, to carry off the treasure, the prize, the, the things that one might own. You know, the enemy would love nothing better than for the Christian to be trapped in some false belief system or, fa- or way of thinking that is contrary to the word of God to get the emphasis off of Jesus and on those things. And he tells us how the enemy does those things. We, it says there in, in chapter 2, verse 6, philosophy. That's referring to the wisdom of men. If you live any amount of time in this world, I think all of us have realized that there are that man has invented many strange belief systems that are contrary to the Bible. And, and, and we need to be careful of man-made belief systems that are not in unity with the teachings that we find in the Word of God. There's a lot of people that can help you. There's a lot of books that can help you. I'm not going to tell you the things that there are not things in this world that can help us. But if anything cannot be backed up by the Word of God, that is to be avoided by the believer. Not just philosophies, vain deceit. That refers to empty tricks. Those people that may deceive through trickery or through some slick message. If the message is not of Jesus, it is not of God. If the focus is not on Jesus, it is not of God. Vain deceit. Tradition of men. We need to be careful of long-held beliefs in, in our lives or the lives of others that may try to influence us. Just because someone has believed something to be true or taught something to be true or died for a certain belief, if it is contrary to the Bible, we need to get rid of it. 
We need to remove it from our life. The rudiments of this world and the next one. Believers are warned against falling away from a mature faith to, a, uh, to accept this simplistic doctrine. That, that phrase, the rudiments of this world, it refers to the alphabet or certain things in a row or some simple things in contrast to a deeper truth. Stay with the Bible and try every teaching that people may bring to the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up, get rid of it. Foolish thinking. We look in chapter 2, verse 16. He says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Look at verse uh, 21. Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using after the, co- the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. He's, he's telling, he's basically warning these people they were not far removed from the law being the highest held thing in the world at the time for those that said they followed God. And he, he was telling these believers to be careful and watch out for people who would place them back under the law because that era was over. And Jesus came to deliver from that legalism and from the harsh, impossible demands that the law brought. What Jesus did was make everybody aware and what, and what God did by giving the law was let every man know that no man can attain righteousness, no man can, can hit the mark. What does the book of Romans chapter 3 verse say? For all have sinned and come short. We miss the mark. We cannot attain it ever. The law was there to reveal us that we reveal to us that we needed a savior. And Paul is telling these believers that no man has the right to be their judge. And if they've been saved by Jesus, they were also delivered by the demands of the law and they could enjoy liberty in Jesus and that love that Jesus had for them, what he did for them on the cross is what should motivate them to holy living. Then he says speaks of these sinful practices that we find in chapter 3 verse 5. So remove all these things, and the last thing here are these sinful practices. As we read there, let's go ahead and read verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Then he says there in verse 8. But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that she have put off the old man with his deeds. Those are some things that need to be removed. Let me give you a quick overview of these things. Fornication. That word is translated from a Greek word that refers to any type of sexual expression. Anything, any sexual activity outside the confines of marriage is a sin. It needs to be put off. Uncleanness. That, that word means impurity. And it looks beyond the acts of the body or the acts of the user And it moves beyond that to just the very thoughts of man. Not just thoughts, but the motives of the heart. Not only is the outward man supposed to be clean and abstain from certain things, but the heart and mind is supposed to be clean. Inordinate affection. That speaks of wicked passions. That's the idea of a lust for forbidden things that we know we have no business being part of. That's inordinate affection. Evil concupiscence. That means evil desires. A mind that longs for the forbidden. Verse 5, we find covetousness. That word means to have more. The desire to possess more than what one has been given by God. It's the placing of having certain things ahead of God and his will for your life. And that is what we would call idolatry. Verse 8, we find anger. That, that, that's referring to a deep 
smoldering bitterness. An angry person will tend to lash out in words. You ever been there? But not just words, also deeds. And that moves on to the next one that we find there, wrath. That's an anger that boils over and, and does things that definitely are regretted. It's a sudden explosive outburst of anger. That develops even more to what we find called malice. That's, mix, that's anger mixed with a desire to do harm to the focus of the anger. And when malice is involved, an angry person strikes out to do damage to another person. Next one, blaspheme. You know what that means? To slander. They can refer to slander directed at God or slander directed to other people. We slander when we insult or belittle others. We slander when we talk wrongly about other people. We also can slander even talking the truth about other people in the way we speak it. Filthy communication. That's abusive speech. Words that are thrown with an attempt to hurt or injure. And that usually happens when anger starts to boil over and we say things to uh, one-up somebody or to hurt somebody or to get them to stop whatever they were doing. Lying. When we lie to one another, we're using the tool and tactic of the devil. We need to put those things away. As we, as we look at that list tonight, we, we quickly went through that, but as you look at that, if any of those things are in your life, as little as they may seem to you, Make a decision to remove them. As we have this, fr this fresh start moving into this new year, remove those things from your life. Because if you don't, they're going to hinder your walk with God. If any of these things are in your life and you're continuing to leave them in your life, they're going to cripple you spiritually. Do you want to be victorious? Do you, do you want to do for God what he would have you to do? Do you want to, to, to be the right influence on others, to be the, right, the best husband, father, mother, uh, wife that you could be? Do you want to be the son or daughter God would have you to be, the friend, the co-worker? One step is to starve the appetites of the flesh. Don't feed the anger. Don't, don't feed the, the filthy communication. Don't, don't feed the lust. Don't feed those things, but then as we don't feed those things, we also need to overcome it by crowding it out with what is good. That's why we, we don't get here to chapter 3, and he, and he just says, if you be risen in Christ, get your affection on the things of the world. If that was all he said, I think we'd find a difficult time doing it. But he gave us a, a formula on how we can not have our mind set on the things of the earth by setting our mind, our heart, on that which is above. When we, have, when we get rid of sin in our life, that's exactly what God would have us to do, but there's a void there. And we need to make sure we're replacing that void with those things that are good. If we don't do that, we, we aren't going to find victory. In preparing for the new year, we're going to find there are things we need to keep. We looked at that. The second thing, things to remove. And the last thing tonight, we're almost done here. Benaiah asked me if we could have a one-second sermon. I'm doing my best. Third thing, things to remember. Things to remember. He says there in verse 3, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. You know, often as, as we've gone through and purged some things, we, we find some things we want to keep. I, I remember there's many times that Hallie has something in this pile. She's hoping I'm going to say it's throwaway, and I say, 
this? We've got to keep this. It goes back on a shelf or in the garage in a dresser drawer. Some things to get thrown away. Then there's some things that bring us to a point of remembrance that cause us to tell a story or that cause us to reminisce on something or a certain memory that we may have. As we, look at these, as we look at these four verses here, we found things to get rid of and found things to keep. But there's also some things listed here that we just need to remember. And the first one is you're dead. We spent some time on this a little, a little bit ago, but also several weeks ago. There's a great reminder here of why our affection needs to be set on things above and on the things of the earth. Because we have died to sin and the influence of this world. And one of the surest ways for any child of God to have spiritual victory and to enjoy it is to understand they are crucified with Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That old life is over. If you're saved, you've been bought with a price. If you're saved, that old life is gone. That 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 imprisonment of sin is, is no longer there. We are free from that. Remember, you're dead. You know that verse we looked at just a, a few weeks ago? Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Acknowledge the fact, I'm dead to it, I'm not going to do it. Acknowledge the fact, I'm dead to it, I don't have to be defeated. I don't have to give in. It doesn't have to control my life. If we can just get a grip on that truth, what a difference it would make in this new year. Remember your debt to it. Also remember you have a new life. If you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God, there's some promises that are there. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, we'll find the term divine nature that is given to any Christian. The old way is gone, the old thinking is gone, the old desires are gone, and God has given us something new, a desire for what is right. He's also given us eternal security, knowing that nothing can change the fact that we are saved. We're hidden in Jesus. We are in basically protective custody. And none of the enemies of the soul can approach us, attack us, or take us away from Jesus. What a promise that is that we need to remember. We also need to remember, in verse 4, we have a future home in heaven. Paul's closing this paragraph by reminding us that the world that you are living in right now is not as good as it gets. What you have right now may be good. But it's not the best there is. We need to deny our flesh down here and it'll be worth it when we're there. Every believer, every single one of us here tonight, battle the world, the flesh, the devil. And each of these enemies are doing everything they can in your life to hinder your walk with the Lord or, and to cause you to stumble or fall. We could, we, could we, we will leave this world one day. We'll leave the evil, we'll leave the sin, we'll leave the problems, we'll leave the devil, and we're going to go to a place of perfection and in glory with our Redeemer. It'd be good for us to remember that, wouldn't it? And as I was looking at this tonight, I was also reminded that we have help available. I want to encourage you, go ahead and turn to our theme verse for the year. This is the last... Really, the last time we'll read this verse in this calendar year, so Zechariah 4, verse 6. It says, Then he answered and spake unto me, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, 
saith the Lord of hosts. The children of Israel understood the task at hand. We, we looked back and in Haggai, there was, a, there was a reminder after 16 years that the building of the temple had ceased. They focused on their own things. And as God came to, to Haggai with a the message, then, then just months later to Zechariah with the message, he was reminding them, this temple needs to be built. It's going to be hard. There's enemies that want to stop you. There's hindrances to it. It's difficult work. But it's not going to be done on your strength. It's not going to be done with the strength of those around you. It's only going to be done through my strength. We understand tonight the command. I don't, I don't think anybody in here is confused about what God would have you to do. I don't think any of us are confused tonight on practically what God expects of us. We know we're supposed to live right. We know we're supposed to tell others about Christ. We know we're supposed to stay away from certain things. I don't think any of us are confused on those things. But what we struggle with is the fact or the thought that I just can't do it. You may have tried. You've, you've picked up your Bible. Uh, you've tried it certain days in a row, weeks in a row, maybe months in a row. But eventually it stopped. You know, you're supposed to pray and spend time with God. And you work at that a little bit. But eventually that dwindled away. We've all been there. What we need to focus on is that on your own you can't. Even with good people around you. If that's what you're depending on, you're going to fail. You're going to stop. There's help available. It's not done by those around you. It's not done by your own strength. As strong as you may be, it's only going to be accomplished through him. You know, as we stand tonight, hours away from the start of a new year, I want to encourage you all to take a good hard look at your life. Look at your walk with the Lord. Are there some things that you need to make sure you're keeping? Does your focus need to be adjusted? Are there some things that you know for sure tonight need to be removed? Maybe there's some things you need to lay down. Are there some things tonight that we just do good for you to remember? Take a trip down memory lane of what God has given you and promised you. Remember those things and trust him and, and do it by his spirit. There's a fresh start available. Let's make sure we are doing everything we can to make this next year the most profitable, fruitful year of your walk with God. Every head bowed, every eye closed.